أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد والصبي إن صلى مع رجل واحد خلف الإمام قام خلفه إن كان الصبي يعقل لا يذهب ويدع ويقف معه So if there's an imam praying and there is a uh, one adult follower and one follower that's not an adult yet um, the two of them will stand in a line behind the imam if the child is old enough to, you know, and mature enough to finish the prayer like an adult. The child is not like so flaky that he's going to just run off and play. If he's like of such a small age that he's that flaky that he'll run off and play with his friends or, or run off and chase a kitty cat or something like that, then the man will stand next to the imam and the child can stand next to him or behind him or wherever. Um, but, uh, uh, but if the child has reached the... Uh, reach the the age of rushd. Uh, it's not legal adulthood, but uh, a, a type of common sense, adult-like common sense that a child has. Um, then uh, the two of them will stand in a row behind the imam. And the rushd has a number of uh, a, a number of fiqhi ahkam that are uh, connected with it. In the madhab, the prohibition of a woman uh, traveling without a mahram is lifted by a child who's reached the age of rushd. The child doesn't have to be legally an adult. Uh, so like an eight-year-old child oftentimes will have reached rushd by that point. You know, a, a mother can travel with her eight-year-old son or with her younger brother or something like that, and that's, that's enough. Uh, that's enough to uh, lift the prohibition of that. Uh, um, and that's a long discussion. We'll talk about that a little bit in more detail later. Uh, inshallah, if people stay with the dars. والإمام الراتب إن صلى وحده مقام الجماعة ويكره في كل مسجد له إمام راتب أن تجمع فيه فيه الصلاة مرتين. So the Imam Ratib is the appointed Imam of a masjid in the classical system, the uh, imam would be appointed by the government. Obviously, we don't have a Muslim government. Uh, the second best thing uh, for not living under the wilaya uh, uh, of, uh, of the uh, emir of the Muslims, of the imamatul uzma, what we refer to as the khalifa, or one of his uh, naibs, one of his uh, deputies, or one of the sultans that, that, that at least uh, officially swears allegiance to the Khalifa um, is uh, one of two solutions. The Hanafis, their preferred solution is that the uh, Muslim community gets together and uh, uh, they will have a, a imam or a, uh, uh, an emir who is um, selected and invested with authority by the, by the non-Muslim government as the, the imam and the judge of the, um, of the Muslims uh, to deal with them and to dish out their uh, justice and their rulings um, that uh, pertain to their religious and family practice. In the Maliki school, 
in the absence of a government that appoints judges and officials that will make decisions regarding uh, family issues and uh, internal disputes and uh, um, things, you know, matters of public interest, like what day Eid is going to be, etc., um, the community will appoint their own judge. And uh, in the absence of someone who's qualified to be a judge, because the the mansib of being a judge is a mansib of ijtihad, uh, and very few people we don't we really don't produce people of that level of learning in America, and we have very few people uh, from overseas, uh, um, and even then many of them are don't seem to be really in tune to like uh, reality on the ground enough to give competently give uh, hukum uh, on matters. But uh, in the uh, absence thereof, uh, the Maliki school prescribes a, 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 a method of coming to uh, decisions by groups of people um, in the absence of a competent judge. This is actually a system that was there in Sicily before uh, Roger of uh, Normandy uh, uh, expelled, the, or not expelled, but conquered Sicily from the Muslims, and then, then 200 years later, the Muslims were expelled from Sicily. Um, and this is how the trial by jury system makes it into, into Europe, is that the jury is essentially, essentially this kind of council or group of uh, upright and pious, semi-learned people who will um, who will stand in the place of the Qadi uh, in the absence of a Qadi and so at any rate um, in every locality there will be a group of people who will make decisions like that so the Imam Ratib is in the absence of a government is the Imam that is um, that is appointed by the Masjid committee by the people who run the Masjid for better or worse Imam Ratib uh, 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 <coughs> the Imam Ratib, Nafrawi uh, in the Sharhis in the commentary says that Imam Ratib is the one who is placed there by the Sultan or by one of his deputies or uh, 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 one of his deputies in a manner which is permissible, which is what? That he picks someone who's upright and qualified for the mansib or makru, he picks someone who's valid but uh, uh, not, uh, not suited for, for praying, the, uh, for leading the prayer. Or the one who is placed there by the bequest of the one who endowed the masjid. Because a stipulation or bequest given by the one giving the endowment is uh, it must be followed even if it's makruh. وَكَذَلَكَ السُّلْطَانُ أَوْنَائِبُهُ لِوُجُوبِ اتِّبَاعَ عَمْرِهِ And just like that, if the sultan or his deputy, the, the, the political authorities or their deputies, should appoint someone who is makruh, uh, uh, um, uh, somebody whose who's prayer, leading the prayer will be valid even though they're not suited to lead the prayer because of their lack of knowledge or lack of piety or... Uh, some other problem that, that, that makes them problematic to be Imam. Uh, uh, أو أمر بمكروه على 
أحد أحد قولين لظاهر قوله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا طاعة لمخلوق في معصية الخالق فإنه يقتضي بمفهومه أن طاعة السلطان واجبة في أمره بالمكروه والسواء كان الراتب منصوبا في في مسجد أو سفينة أو في مكان جرت العادة بالجمع فيه. So he says that. Uh, uh, even even the sultan is to be followed even if uh, um, he commands to something that's makruh as long as it's not haram. And this is one of the two uh, opinions with regards to the hadith of the Prophet wasallam that there is no uh, obedience to the creation and the disobedience of the creator. Uh, why? Because uh, obeying the creator is, uh, sorry, obeying the, 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 the emir or the sultan is a, a, a obligation uh, on, on the people. Uh, even if he commands to, uh, uh, even if he commands to something that's makru, as long as it's not haram. And so this uh, uh, this hukum, this ruling with regards to the Imam Ratib, the said Imam of the Masjid, it uh, it is equally valid for uh, whether he said in the Masjid or if he's the Imam that is fixed for like a boat, like you know, like if people are going on a long trip or something like that. So there's an Imam in the boat. Uh, um, right, or we should know about rulings about both. We're all fobs, right? <laughs> right. So uh, the seafaring community. Uh, so uh, we're not fobs. Uh, no, we were born here. The fobs were better than us. We're like the like the. We're like the leftovers, the remnants. Those were the. Those were the good people. We're like what's left over after them. Uh, 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 or. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Uh, any place where it is uh, where where the prayer has been established and the congregation has been established. So this oftentimes is like, for example, like at airports um, or at um, like shopping malls or in universities. They have musallas and things like that in all those places. And so what happens is if the you know the mall people like appoint an imam there or whatever, uh, this same ruling applies for uh, for all of them uh, for all of them. Uh, um, and so and it also applies if you know sometimes some masajid have like a, a, a like an imam who comes only for fajr or comes for fajr and maghrib and isha obviously you know like so for example like me in the masjid here right contractual contractual stipulation is that I should be here for Fajr, Maghrib, and Isha. I come here for like Zuhr and Asr most of the days anyway, but like, you know, uh, 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 Zuhr or Asr most of the days anyway, because, you, you know, you're a Muslim and so you're going to pray. And so like if I'm here out of Adab, they'll be, usually let me lead the prayer or whatever. But the point is, is even if the Imam is appointed for one prayer, then for that prayer, this, this ruling applies. Uh, um, uh, so it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be stipulated that that, that imam has to be there for five five times for that uh, prayer to apply uh, uh, for that. Sorry, the ruling to apply. In salla wahdahu fi makanihi aladhi nasab lil salati fihi qama maqam al jamaati fi husuli fadliha wa huwa sabun wa ishroon wa khamsun wa ishroon salatan ziyadatan ala salat al fadhi. فتصير الثمانية وعشرين أو ستة وعشرين 
وجعلنا التمييز صلاة لأنها المرادة بالجزء والدرجة في الحديث. So essentially, he says that what is the ruling that we're talking about is what is that if the Imam who's appointed to lead the Jama'ah should show up for that Salat that he's appointed to lead. Whether it's in the masjid, whether it's in uh, uh, the market, or in a ship, or on a plane, or uh, you know, um, you know, anywhere else, uh, um, in the mall, or in the airport, or whatever. <clears throat> that Salat, and even if he's only appointed to lead some Salats uh, as opposed to others, Whatever salat that Imam shows up to alone, when he stands and he prays at the appointed time, then uh, he will receive the reward of the congregation. And uh, uh, this, uh, this ruling is uh, for all of those uh, cases and all of those conditions. So imagine that, right? Like in the old days, they used to have Imams on a ship, like someone was set to lead the prayer, right? Do we have an Imam on the airplane? Right? It, it's completely... You know, people can say like, oh, well, you know, like there's space issues and this and there's space issues on ships too. If you look, look at the old books of fatwa, they, they, discuss, uh, they discuss those issues as well. And uh, um, the fact that nobody's even thought about this, they've just been like, oh, well, space issue and then it's done, right? Uh, uh, you know, the Saudis, they, they uh, um, you know, people like, to, people like to beat up on them. And sometimes they make, you know, they're... They make it hard not to, but you know you got to give credit where where it's due. Uh, um, their airlines, for example, they'll have like a place. Have you ever flown Saudi Airlines? They actually have like a block of six seats or like eight seats, nine seats in the back, in the middle, um, that they just block off, and the seats are gone, and it's just a place that you can you can pray, and so people pray jamaatan jamaatan, you know, one after the other, uh, in, in in those in those places. And like nobody has thought about anything else other than that. One of the most disgusting things I've actually seen is Qatar Airways. Um, uh, and this is, by the way, this is not like me taking sides in the whole Saudi Qatar beef, right? It just so happens that like, you know, Qatar Airways made a particularly, uh, uh, particularly egregious choice that kind of, um, I guess in context, dims their like, quote unquote, Islamist credentials. But like they actually literally have a policy that you cannot stand and pray in the plane. And they'll get really aggressive with you and like whatever. That's why I stopped flying Qatar Airways. Uh, and really, I don't think anyone should if they have a choice not to. Um, and this is not a beef again, like in that Saudi Qatar, whatever. Inshallah, like Qatar is a wonderful country, Saudi. They're all, the people who live there are all Muslims. And I don't know the king or emir of any of them. You know, like I don't have not with those people. I just like the regular people on the street. They're all our brothers and sisters. But this is one wrong thing Qatar Airways should change. Uh, uh, is that uh, they, they stop you from, from praying standing. Instead of having made an accommodation, they will actually like uh, actively take the accommodation away. And I get the fact that on a, on a plane sometimes, you know, like because of turbulence or for other reasons, the, the crew should be allowed to stop you from praying standing in certain situations. But carte blanche when there's like, no problem at all, you know, uh, uh, to stop people from praying is like, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, these are cultural fails of Islam. You know, people are like, oh, we have to like, you know, I started a movement in like some like whatever two-bit middle-sized city in England that we're going to revive the caliphate. Forget about reviving the caliphate. Why don't you, f first of all, solve the problem of how to make a stinja on an airplane, right? Then afterward, then you can solve the problem of how to make wudu on an airplane, 
right? Turkish Airlines, the 787 that flies from Chicago to uh, Istanbul, they have two big bathrooms on every plane that you can actually make like wudu uh, in like like a human being, right? Uh, so, you know, God bless the Turks, you know. Uh, there's still some way to go. Like this, you know, again, they're not perfect. We're not taking sides in geopolitical struggles right now. Uh, you know, they still serve alcohol on their planes and things like that. You know, there's always a long way. But this is one thing that they've done is that they've, they've put these two big bathrooms and I suspect it's in order to facilitate uh, people making wudu, you know. Uh, uh, so once you've made a sinja, then you can worry about wudu. Now you've made wudu. Now worry about how you're going to pray on the, pray on the plane. Uh, uh, these are very simple things, you know. Uh, uh, um, uh, these are very simple things. This is going to veer into a, a, another direction uh, with regards to a discussion regarding like the politics and the establishment of the caliphate. So we're going to like uh, rein back the, the 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 discussion just a little bit right now. Um, but uh, the the point is, a person may think that this is stupid, and I'm being like a real like. A, uh, close-minded mullah and talking about I'm talking about Istinja and like look at Palestine look at this place look at that place look at the other place and we have all these big problems this guy is talking about Istinja and praying what difference does it make if you pray standing or pray sitting in your chair or whatever you know it makes a difference the whole point of having a, a state is what you know the, the, those who if we uh, if we make them firm in the earth they will establish the prayer and they will uh, uh, give zakat right that my say my my lord commanded to uh, um, uh, my lord commanded to uh, justice and to establish the prayer the whole point of the state the whole point of establishing justice all of that you know is a means in order to 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 establishing the the salat and the uh, salat being a, a a metaphor here for all of the ibadat of the deen and so uh, if a person thinks that there's something more important than this they got that they put that cart before the donkey you know uh, uh, it doesn't really work that way um, the point of all of it is the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the perfect way of uh, implementing that sunnah is to have the system established in order to protect and to proliferate the uh, salat and the other ibadat of deen. Uh, however, uh, if uh, a person is to see which one is the master and which is the servant, which one is the thing that, that's, that's meant, uh, meant to be served by the sharia and which part of the sharia is meant to serve that thing, then the, the, the salat is, is, it's, is what's the most important. So the people who are not serious about fixing these types of things, um, if they have the government, what's the big deal? What's the difference? They're just going to be like Trump with, but like, you know, whose name is Muhammad or Ahmed. It's just going to be an embarrassment to the ummah, you know. Uh, that's, there's no, there's no uh, divine mandate for, for that, that we should have a king just like they have kings or we should have a president like they have presidents. So... <clears throat> He says, وَيُكْرَهُ فِي كُلِّ مَسْجِدِ اللَّهُ إِمَامٌ رَاتِبٌ أَن تُجْمَعَ فِيهِ أَن تَجْمَعُ أَن تَجْمَعَ فِيهِ الصَّلَاةُ مَرَتَيْنِ And it's makruh in every masjid that has a set imam and a set uh, uh, congregation that the, 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 the prayer should be prayed in congregation twice. So once the prayer has been prayed, um, thereafter, if people want to come and pray their salat there, they pray individually. They don't make another congregation. This is uh, a ruling that's uh, in common with 
with the uh, um, with the Hanafis. In fact, Imam Abu Hanifa's opinion, and I'm not a Hanafi mufti, so you can ask, you know, before quoting it and like you know getting no fight with your relatives about this. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, from my re- recollection of reading Hanafi fiqh, that Imam Abu Hanifa he considered it to be makru tahrimi. It's a sin to to make a, to make a second jama'ah in the masjid. Malik considered it to be makru, and one of the usuli definitions of karaha here is that it's devoid of any reward. So why do people pray in congregation? To get more reward, right? So uh, if you pray a second congregation in the masjid, not only do you not get more reward, you don't get any reward at all. The prayer is valid, uh, and it's discharged. You won't be punished for having skipped it, but you won't get any thawab for it. And uh, um, this is really important to understand why. The point of having the jama'ah in the masjid is that the Muslims should gather together. If every, uh, uh, you know, Tom, Dick, Harry, you know, every, uh, you know, Zayd, Amr, and Bakr can get together and have their own jama'ah, then it's just, it becomes a joke. And what ends up happening, you know, like uh, there's, you know, one party in like, you know, like there's Beit Hanina faction A and Beit Hanina faction B, and they always duke it out for who's going to be president in ICC. And so what's going to happen is that faction A guys are going to like, you know, if they're in power and they have their imam, they'll pray with their imam. The faction B guys will show up half an hour later, and then they'll do their own jama'ah in the back and things like that. That actually, what does it do? It actually gives an occasion for the division of the Muslims. You know, and uh, 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 the point is that everyone should be together, even if your guy doesn't make it. You know, even if like, you know, if they all become Muslims, you know, Bernie becomes a Muslim and Trump becomes Muslim, but Trump gets reelected and you're really in favor of Bernie. You know, you have to pray Jamaat, you know, with with Trump. You have to pray Isha with Trump, you, you know, even though you're really upset that Bernie didn't make it, you know. Uh, um, that's the whole point of, uh, of unity. And uh, obviously this is something that the, uh, that uh, there's not ijma on this issue. Imam Ahmad and Imam Shafi'i, rahimahumullah tabarak wa ta'ala, they said, no, you'll get more reward for praying in congregation after the, after the Imam has left. Uh, but uh, a person who understands why it should be reasonable to them, and a person who's just going to be like, yeah, but Shaykh, the hadith, you know, like you have to understand the hadith as well, you know, like what the point of the hadith is. Um, not everything in the deen is ta'abud. Some things are meant to be understood, right? Why is there four rak'ahs in Isha, not five? That's ta'abud that's not meant to be understood. You just kind of, we hear and we obey. You just kind of, you know, shut up and do it, you know? Um, But not everything in the deen is meant to be like that. There are certain things in the deen that are meant to be understood. And this is is, uh, one of them. قال السند إذا أقام الإمام إذا أقام الإمام الصلاة فلم يأته أحد لم يندب له طلب جماعات في مسجد آخر بل يكره له ذلك وهو مأمور بالصلاة في مسجده سند one of the one of the فقهاء he mentions that uh, uh, he mentions that uh, that if the imam prays on his own um, it's not even recommended for him to go and s- pray with another uh, uh, congregation in another masjid. Rather, it's makruh, meaning that will also be devoid of reward. Rather, he should establish the prayer in the masjid. And this is another issue, right? Because people build these masajid and uh, they don't build them for the sake of Allah. Or they build them for the sake of Allah, but like, you know, they don't understand that that means like actually for the sake of Allah, not for my own purposes. And so one of the most egregious things about the masajid that we build in America is they build them out in the middle of nowhere. Nobody's there to pray. And like literally like 
days will go where nobody will pray or like nobody will there will be no no one there to pray neither imam nor musalli for for like asr every day or for zuhr every day or for fajr every day or whatever you know and the point of the 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 masjid is if it's a masjid it's a right of the masjid that the prayer should be established there so the imam shouldn't bounce we should make sure that the prayer is prayed in that masjid that the purpose of that masjid is being fulfilled قَالَ خَلِيلٌ الْإِمَامُ الرَّاتِبُ كَجَمَاعَةٍ فَلَا يُعِيدُ فِي جَمَاعَةٍ لِحُسُولِ الْفَضْلِ لَهُ Khalil rahimahullah ta'ala writes in his mukhtasar that the, the, the appointed imam, if he prays alone, uh, there's no one else to pray with him. Uh, his prayer is like the congregation and he does not repeat the prayer uh, with others uh, um, in order to receive uh, the the reward uh, therein, because the point is because he already got it by praying uh, by establishing the prayer in the masjid. And it's not permissible for anybody to uh, gather the congregation to pray in that masjid either before his appointed t- uh, congregation or after it. Anyway, these are some other, other messiles, other other uh, issues. Uh, we can talk about them later. So, uh, continuing with the text. وَمَنْ صَلَّى صَلَاةً فَلَا يَأُمَّ فِيهَا أَحَدًا وَإِذَا سَهَلْ إِمَامُ وَسَجَدَ لِسَهْوِهِ فَلْيَتَّبِعْهُ So he says that uh, uh, whoever has prayed a prayer then he cannot lead another person in that prayer uh, afterward. So if you've already prayed Zuhr and then like some other brothers are getting together to pray Zuhr you cannot lead them. You can pray with them if you prayed on your own like if you're not the imam and you prayed on your own and then you're like oh dude like I want to catch the jama'ah in order to get the reward you can you can uh, pray with them but you can't lead it because you've already prayed your fard. Uh That's a nafil for you and the nafil will be uh, the reward, uh, amount of reward of that nafil will be enough to make your individual prayer count as, as, as a congregational prayer but you can't lead it because you've already prayed it. There's no longer fard on you. This is this is a, a, a rule in the in the in the school. The 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 person who is praying uh, sunnah, you can't you can't pray farther behind a person who's praying sunnah. This is one of the reasons like you can't pray farther prayer behind a child because for the child the farther prayer is not actually farther on them yet. Uh, this is one of the reasons you can't pray juma behind a traveler, because juma is not farther on the no, on the traveler. Uh, um, and uh, uh, you know this is one reason you cannot you can't pray this is one of the reasons you can't pray the uh, 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 um, the, the the prayer you've already prayed you can't lead it for somebody else because you you're praying it in order to get an increase in reward. However, your father has already been been uh, 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 it's already been rendered. It's already been performed. 
so we continue. He says that who that the imam, if the imam forgets something in his salat, uh, um, and he makes sajda, uh, uh, the person behind him should make sajda with him, even if he didn't forget that thing. So, for example, like imagine it's like asr, okay, and the imam forgets to pray, read a surah after the fatiha, in the first rakah or the second rakah, right? If the person behind the imam didn't forget to read a surah. The imam, when they make the sajda sahu, they follow the imam anyway. Uh, why? Because the imam is the imam. So if the imam, if the follower forgets and the imam remembers, then the remembering of the imam carries the forgetfulness of the follower. And likewise, the other way around, if the imam forgets, then the forgetfulness of the imam then also comes with the follower, and the follower makes sajda with the imam for their forgetfulness. Let a person not raise their head before the imam raises their head. The hadith of the Prophet wasallam uh, that the person who raises their head uh, before the imam does from ruku, that person has the head of a donkey. Uh, this is a, uh, you know, a, a, a um, censure from the messenger of Allah wasallam for a person getting ahead of the imam. Now there is a, 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 um, is a difference of opinion amongst the different imams. Imam Hanifa considers that the movements of the, the followers should be in synchron, synchronization with the movements of the imam, except for that he should never be ahead of him. But it should be as synchronized as possible without ever getting ahead of him. Whereas the other imam says that no, you should lag behind the, 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 the imam. The follower should lag behind the imam in the prayer. So that's fine, you know, like if you go to Turkey or whatever. Turkey has changed as well. Turkey now, like the whole world has like showed up at Turkey. So like the masajid are very like, there's a lot of variety there now. But if you went like in 2000, um, then you would see like the entire salat is like clockwork. It's like, it's like a military parade drill. Yeah, yeah. Like that they're in that sense, they're even more Hanafi than the Desis are, right? The Desis were not as organized as the Turks are, you know? Um, so it's like it's like a military parade. Like if you lag even just like a half a second, you'll be like the only person in like a masjid of a thousand people that's lagging. You know, it becomes awkward. Uh, but so that's but that's their their opinion. Um, it's uh, recommended that the person lag behind the imam just a little bit, not too much. Um, uh, 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 person, the follower should not do what the imam does except for after he's done, after he's done it. So you should lag behind him a little bit. When the imam has said Allahu Akbar, when he's done with saying Allahu Akbar, then the follower should start his Allahu Akbar. Um, because the imam's the imam's prayer uh, has to ha- completely have entered before the the follower enters with him. This is again different than the the and so this this masala also mirrors into the salam as well that the follower should say salam after the imam is done with his salam. Now in the Hanafi madhab is the other is the other way around for a number of reasons. The like entire like usuli framework of how these things are set up in the Hanafi school is different. So like everyone will say Allahu Akbar almost at the same time and everyone will say Salam almost at the same time. The other imams know you wait for the imam to takbir in and then you takbir in once he's done takbiring in. And then you wait for the imam to salam out completely, then you salam out. 
um, rather than in the Hanafi school that the the the, the follower should uh, do it um, in, in as close to synchronization without getting ahead of the imam as possible. And uh, 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 the uh, follower should also stand from, so after two rak'ahs, uh, obviously in a prayer that's more than two rak'ahs, after two rak'ahs, um, when the imam uh, uh, stands from making tashahud, um, the way he should do it is he should stand and then he should say Allahu Akbar. And then when he's done saying Allahu Akbar, then the follower should stand. And then after he's done standing, he should say Allahu Akbar. And he should make sure that in all cases that, that his salam is after the Imam's salam is completely done. Other than those, those three points in the prayer, the takbir, uh, the takbir, takbir al ihram, the takbir of coming into the prayer, and then the the the, the standing after the uh, uh, after the tashahud, and uh, uh, the salam out. Those three, you have to make sure that you're completely after the imam. If you, you know, uh, in the fir- in the first one and the third one, if you if your your takbir or salam overlaps with the imam even slightly, then it's then it's uh, uh, it'll invalidate the prayer. And if you uh, stand, you know, before the imam has said Allahu Akbar, there's karaha in it. Uh, as for the other motions, it's not as big of a deal. It's better to lag behind the imam, but it's not as big of a deal if you're in synchronization with the imam. Uh, um, and so this is a subtlety and a nuance in the fiqh that, uh, that Ibn Abi Zayd uh, uh, kind of shows to the, shows to the, the, the student. وما سوى ذلك فواسع أن يفعله معه وبعده أحسن other than those three things uh, um, then there, there is some leeway that you can either do your motions with the imam or you can do them after the imam وبعده أحسن and it's better to lag behind the imam slightly وكل سهو سهاه المأموم فالإمام يحمله عنه إلا ركعة أو سجدة uh, uh, um, uh, so uh, everything that the, the, the follower forgets, the imams having remembered to do that thing will carry the, the follower. Uh, unless it's something like big, like it's a, like a rukan of the prayer, like you, you forgot to do a whole rak'ah and the imam did it. The imam's doing a rak'ah, is not going to carry your rak'ah for you. Or you forgot to do a whole sajda. Uh, 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 while the imam did it <coughs> so the point is, is this is that the prayer is bro- broken up into a bunch of parts some parts are fard some are sunnah sunnah some parts are normal sunnahs uh, um, the fard parts everyone has to do those parts uh, uh, on their own the sunnah sunnah sunan, those things that you make sajda for uh, if you forget those the imam having remembered is sufficient you don't have to make sajda as long as the imam remembered um, so as long as you don't skip a whole rakah or skip a ruku or skip a, a sajda or something like that, you're, you're good. Uh, or you skip, you don't skip the takbirat al-ihram or you don't skip the, the, the salam, you're good. وَاَتِقَادُ نِيَةِ الْفَرِضَةِ Or like as, as long as you don't skip your niyyah, that like I'm making an intention to pray a fard prayer, uh, the imam can't do that for you. وَإِذَا سَلَّمَ الْإِمَامُ فَلَا يَثْبُتُ بَعْدَ السَّلَامِهِ وَلْيَنْصَرِفْ uh, 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 
so he uh, he says that um, uh, uh, he says that uh, uh, that the imam once he's made salam uh, let him like move let him not like sit in that same position min mihrabihi nadban qala khalilun kariha tanaffuluhu bi mihrabihi wa qala sharihuhu kadha julusuhu ala hay'atihi fil mihrab min ghayri tanafful inma yakhruj min al-karahati bi insirafi aw taghyir hay'atihi allati kana alayha fi salatihi bal hadha awla min al-insirafi lima ya'ti min anna al-insiraf sari'an min at-tashdid fi al-din kalam the point is is this is that you notice when the imam says salam he doesn't just sit there like exactly like he, he's sitting after, for the salam he turns to the side you know or uh, 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 you know, he'll also get up and like move and do his nafal prayer somewhere else, you know. So there's a number of reasons for this, uh, um, a number of different reasons for this that coincide, right? One of the reasons is what the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the men and women used to pray in the masjid, and so uh, this is one thing that like you know I guess nowadays we have like complete like. Uh, reinterpretation of the deen through like the lens of like modern identity politics you know so the ladies will be like oh well look you know like the women used to come to the masjid in time the prophet so like women should be in the masjid okay great let, let the women come to the masjid no problem how is it that they used to come they used to come at the last minute and they used to leave right after the salam and even then the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that the best of their rows are the back ones and the, the best of the rows of the men are the front and the worst are the back ones and the worst of the rows of the women are the front ones and the best of them are the back ones. So the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam after he would say salam he would sit take a half turn to the right and so through, through his peripheral vision he would just sit and make dhikr and then when and part of the reasons for making dhikr is what is because this is a, a time of barakah you know uh, that your dhikr has even more effect and nur in it but part of the reason is also that he would see from his peripheral vision the women leaving. And once the last of the women had left, then after that, only after that would he get up and leave. And then when the companions would see that he left, then they would know that it's time, to, it's time, it's time that they can get up and go also. Yeah. Rather than that, hey, uh, that's a very uh, uh, nice hijab you have on sister model of doing things, which is what I think a lot of people kind of have in mind when they think about this type of stuff. Um, and so that's one of the one of the one of the reasons. Another reason uh, uh, that that seems uh, 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 to be is that what is part of the um, respect for the farth prayer that only the farth prayer is done from inside the mihrab. And when you leave, to, when when you're done with the farth prayer and you want to make nafil, even the imam should step away from that place. Um, and that place is not there for the imam. It's because of the prayer that the imam stands in that in that place. Um, this is this is uh, you know it's a sign that the the salat transcends the, the the person. And for that matter, to be honest with you, the mufti of our madrasa he 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 told us that people shouldn't give bayan from the mimbar either. And I see people will do that. They'll give bayan sitting in the mimbar, you know, and they'll say, well, we're sitting, we're not standing in it. But no one should do anything from the mimbar except for the 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 masnoon khutbat, uh, the khutbatul jumaah, and. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, really other than that, there shouldn't be any khutbah given from there. Someone might say the khutbah al-Eidain, according to Abu Hanifa and Malik, the khutbah, khutbah of Eid is makruf to give from the masjid anyway. And one of the proofs for that, the very obvious proofs for that is that the Prophet never did it. 
the only the only place that it's not makruh is in the Masul Haram, in Makkah Mukarramah. Otherwise, even in Medina, they used to go out and pray. There's like the Ottomans built the masjid. You know, it's like the, it's outside of uh, the the masjid, the masjid Nabawi Sharif. They built a masjid to mark the spot where they used to pray Salatul Eid. But it was considered to be part of the desert in those days. Like they would go out to to pray the Salatul Eid. And the same thing for the salat, the, the salatul istisqa, the drought prayer, is that they would go out. So really, the only thing that should be given from the minbar is the jama'ah khutbah. Why? Because because of the the the, the sanctity of of that that khutbah above any other talk or bayan or speech that's going to happen. And this is one reason I'm not a fan of people like letting their kids run roughshod in the mihrab and in the in the in the. And the mimbar jumping up and jumping off of it and things like that. Yeah, okay, a kid does it. Like, you're not going to be like, oh, look, I'm going to, like, you know, put you in jail for 10 years, right? But when the parents, like, let the kids do it and they don't, they don't, you know, mm. bother to teach them this is something sacred, you know? Uh, this is something. This is something that uh, I only think it, it, the only reason for it is because the parents themselves don't consider these things to be sacred. Otherwise, they would like you know at least tell their kids not to like you know whatever. It's fine. Sometimes you tell your kids something and they don't listen. That that happens. And like it's kids a kid, right? But like when the parents don't even make an effort, uh, I don't think that I don't think that's good. I think that's a bad sign. All right, inshallah. So. صلى الله تعالى على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين